everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walker-Meyer, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today, I'm very excited that we have Katarina Hahn here with us today. Katarina works as a new work and cloud advisor at Blackboard, which is a new work consultancy, or how they call themselves, the digital consultancy and tech partner for the future workplace. Welcome, Katarina. Hello, Christina. Thank you very much for being part of your podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. We're actually sitting in uh, Katarina's kitchen and she just cooked like very delicious Asian food for us. In the middle of us is the book In the Company of Women. So we have good company here with us tonight. And um, yeah, so I'm really especially excited to talk to Katarina about her journey because we've known each other for years. And we even shared a two-man office or a two-women office uh, in one of our former, former companies. I mean, Katarina's story for me was a big inspiration for starting this podcast. So I really hope that her journey inspires you as much as it did inspire me. So are you ready? Yes. Thank you for these uh, very nice words. And um, it does feel like in uh, earlier days when we shared a cup of coffee in our office. Which yes. Was by one of the best times in this job. Yes, now we're over 30 and we're sharing a cup of tea. <laughs> so Katarina, before we start to talk about your job and uh, your journey and how you got there, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, who are you? What are your passions? What are your dreams? What's your background before you have become a new work and cloud advisor at Blackboard? Um, so I grew up in the Black Forest uh, in the south of Germany and... Um, I think I was always uh, a very curious person and very interested in what is going on in the world. So that's why I pretty early on decided for me that I'm going to have a career in media. I actually did my very first internship at 15 years old at um, the German soap opera Lindenstraße, mm -hmm. which um, probably a lot of the German listeners will know. It's yeah. quite an institution, I would say, <laughs> in Germany. Um, what did you do there? Well... I was basically just watching what people behind the cameras are doing and it was super fascinating for me. But um, at one point I had the chance to be in front of the camera, one of those people who are running around in the background. Wow. Yeah, my grandma was really excited about this one. but uh... <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yes. Big 15 minutes. <laughs> yes, right. Yes, and then... During my studies, I went to New York for internships at NBC Universal and at the German publishing house Burda. Um, at this point, I was still very convinced I'm going to have a career in classic media. Not sure mm -hmm. in which kind of medium, but uh, probably one of like either publishing or TV. Eventually, uh, my way led me into tech. I kind of started in the agency world here in Berlin and worked for a while as um, a brand manager so I kind of started my career in this marketing area and then moved on to being um, a project lead for mobile app projects that's actually where we met yeah where we shared um, some very nice time together and um, from this point on I was kind of hooked with the tech industry and understood like okay this is actually where the future is yeah. and it's probably not going to be at a newspaper. So from there on, I um, 
went to work for an e-commerce company in the product marketing where I kind of could combine my marketing skills with my tech knowledge that I um, achieved during my, my mobile years and afterwards I moved on to work for a big German corporation for a couple of years leading connected car mm -hmm. projects. So <laughs> now I work as a new work consultant. Uh, you, so you can see my career has been anything but straightforward yeah. and linear. And I think that's why we are sitting here together now yeah. to talk a bit about how I'm, yeah, how I did what I did basically yeah. and how I came to where I am now. Yes, we love non-linear careers here. <laughs> so uh, can you give us a quick introduction into to Blackboard? So what's your goal? What problems are you trying to solve in your company? Because I'm not sure that everyone is aware of Blackboard. Like when you told me first uh, that you're going to start your new job there, I haven't heard of them. True. Yes. So Blackboard, as you said earlier, we are a new work consultancy. Um, we're somewhere in between a tech consultancy and advisors for change pro projects um, so what we do is we go into companies and we try to free them from 90s IT okay which sounds <laughs> <laughs> which sounds uh, very tech in the first place which is one part the other part is um, the mindset that comes along with 90s IT and mm -hmm. like those um, ways you use to work together um, which are still quite prominent in many companies but doesn't but don't really reflect anymore the um, what the younger generation wants to have now that mm -hmm. they are coming into um, of they're finishing school finishing their university studies etc looking for their new jobs and they are confronted with hierarchies mm -hmm. with very strict rules like you have to work in an office from five to six and you get um, 25 days of holidays per year but if you want to take a day of a holiday you need to fill out a certain form mm -hmm. otherwise you're not granted this uh, day of holiday so this doesn't really reflect anymore the way the new generation wants to work mm -hmm. they're really much looking for flexible environments they want to make sure they still have a private life um It's very important to them. They focus a lot on family and relationship um, values and their work situation basically has to adopt yeah. to their life situation and not vice versa. Yeah. So, yes, um, we are in this sense going into companies and advising them how to reach that um, state. And besides that, we have um, a very popular podcast by Christoph Magnussen who is um, our founder um, probably lots of people know him already he's quite uh, famous in the in the new work movement um, he also has a fantastic YouTube channel with lots of insightful videos um, and last but not least we are currently organizing our very first conference mm -hmm. or it's more like a two-day boot camp where we just want to share all our knowledge that yeah. we um, got over the past years and pass it on to people who have similar positions or similar tasks yeah. in their company and who try to now bring new work into their company. Yeah, yeah it's uh, somehow a little bit insane. I mean, I'm lucky enough to work uh, in a, let's maybe call it a modern tech company. So we're kind of used to, to let's say, work with stand-ups and like 
home office and all these kind of things. But it's true. I mean, if I talk to my friends or, yeah, I mean, you're also from South Germany. So if I talk to my friends from, from South Germany working in those traditional automotive companies, for example, like sometimes I really cannot um, believe um, how outdated work still can be or if uh, for example one of my oldest brothers um, he also works in a company that is doing things for one of those traditional companies and I can remember that for a long time he was not even allowed to have a, a mobile phone with a camera because like you know he's going into these areas where mobile phones with a camera were not allowed he has an iPhone by now by the way I can imagine <laughs> I actually just I actually just read the other day a very nice quote which was all about how companies are trying to um, improve um, their working environment by putting like ping pong tables yeah. or kickers, stuff like this. And this guy said, this is not what people want. They want trust. So he said, offer people trust, not toys. Yes, that's true. I think it's a little bit also ridiculous. Maybe I'm, I'm just saying ridiculous because I'm getting so used to it to have like, you know, a kicker table and table tennis. And then we have like four kinds of different soft drinks and a couch where you can hang out. And I think it's somehow getting a little bit the new normal. But uh, is this really what the people, what, what makes your employees happier in the long run? Because I think... Uh, you're seeing now a lot of companies that are telling, hey, no one is like using our kicker table because we just do not have the culture <laughs> that someone would even like feel good to leave their desk and like play table tennis or kicker with their employees because their lead would actually look at them and like thinking like, are you insane uh, to use your eight hours a day for like playing kicker? True. It's not what we gonna what, what we actually pay you for. Let's talk a little bit about your job. I mean, what does a new work and cloud advisor do? So what are, for example, your main tasks? My main job is basically to do the whole change process. Um, so I take the client by the hand, basically, and we go through this whole process of adding a new mindset into their work life. Because a lot of time people think new work means we're going to roll out a cloud tool and at the t kicker table and now we are new work, which is not the case. So a lot of people underestimate that it's quite a deep process that really affects everyone working in this office. Um, mm -hmm. People who are really um, used to working in a certain way are now asked to work completely differently. And this has a lot to do with changing your attitude, feeling comfortable, um, opening rooms um, for people to allow questions and to allow showing that they're not really comfortable maybe with it um, so basically my job is to make sure this change process works as smoothly as possible quite operational what we do is we first go into the company do an uh, assessment phase that we call shadowing where we actually watch how people work currently um, so we get an idea of where are the actual pain points where do we need to take most actions um, based on this um, we developed a so-called collaboration performance web where we can indicate quite easily where are the fields where we need to start working mm -hmm. at first so it could be either people don't have the right infrastructure or 
maybe people are not skilled enough so they need more trainings based on these assessment um, we can then say okay these are the next steps in order to make sure that when you introduce a new tool and a new way of working people don't feel lost it has a lot to do with communication of course taking people by the hand offering them spaces where they feel safe to to issue any concern that they have also make sure that people that are super excited about this because of course there are lots of people that are like oh finally yeah. um, we can work in a different way that's super exciting so these are the people basically need to pick and make sure they help you transport the message into the rest of mm -hmm. the company my day-to-day -day job is a lot of like doing trainings doing workshops um this can be a very simple tool training like how to use teams in office 365 mm -hmm. most efficiently can also be something like a stay focused workshop like what kind of tools can you use in order to stay focused in your work to not be distracted by notifications by people crushing yeah. your silence etc that's really interesting how do you stay focused <laughs> yes it is i would like to learn that as well <laughs> i will show you yeah it has a lot to do with like how to prioritize how mm -hmm. to make sure you're not working on stuff that is not relevant that mm -hmm. doesn't have an impact for your own goals mm -hmm. um, you might have heard about the Pareto principle the 80-20 principle that like with 20% um, energy you can reach 80% of input if you really focus mm -hmm. on something otherwise if you focus on a lot of stuff or try to handle a lot of stuff yeah you're wasting 80% of your energy and have maybe 20% outcome. So yeah. we try to teach them a few ways how to make sure that they don't lose track of all the things that are on their table, on their to-do list, but also ways to prioritize what to do first, yeah. how to focus on that and how to make sure nobody, nobody is interrupting you. I think that's actually a really important point because I can see it for myself, but also with my colleagues, that I guess we're mostly so exhausted because we're not focusing enough because then you have like a chat window here then we're i mean in general we're all sitting in these you know huge office spaces uh, we don't have a two people office anymore and uh, that means constantly someone is talking someone is making a joke someone is telling about their weekend then the next person has a question about work again and then like your mobile phone is ringing someone is like texting you or you get the next Facebook message. So there's constantly something going on. And I think this is like what is so exhausting after a full day of work. I think we can get, we could get our work done today, like probably in four to five hours, if we would not be distracted. Yes. Another thing we try to build up right now, or we are building up right now is um, the area of workspaces, which is not only the office itself, but basically every environment where mm -hmm. you work. And, but when we look at an office context, I guess every company has like an open office. Yeah. Uh, it, it used to be, <laughs> I don't know, trendy or something. Exactly, For me, yeah. it's absolutely the worst in yes. open office. It's, I cannot work in this environment. Yes. Um, I need a lot of closed environments in order to work focused. Especially if you're an empathic person and you constantly feel something, what's going on around you. Oh my God, it drives me crazy sometimes. Right. So one thing is to offer people so-called safe spaces where they can a little bit hide 
and uh-huh. be for themselves for things where they don't want anybody else to to crush uh-huh. it could be i want to have a phone call with my client and i do not want my colleague to listen at this moment like i know it's kind of a sensitive topic or something or i need to work on a certain concept and i need quietness like or just space i mean just space, space for yourself it's not yeah. going to happen in open office space and um yeah there are st- a lot of things that play into this um, in order to create a working environment that suits people's yeah. need. I think maybe the way it used to be was a lot like how a few people thought all of the employees work. Yeah. Which is never the case. Like there's so many different personalities and different use cases to work. Um, I'm also quite critical of like this shared desk concept i think it failed everywhere until now yes. I, th- I think i've never heard about a really successful case um, so the shared desk uh, principle is basically that we call it like white desk or clean desk that means basically individuals don't have an individual desk anymore but like you come to any desk in the morning and before you leave the office you completely clean it up so the next morning someone could come in and just pick another desk um, during the weekend, someone just told me the story. They also had this. And then, like, the colleagues were even coming early in the next morning to <laughs> just to pick their desk or just to choose their desk, um, which they actually always wanted to have. So they had it, like, for a few weeks. And, like, every week, people would come, like, half an hour earlier <laughs> just to grab their desk. Like, I mean, how insane is that? We actually tried the same in, in my company, and it did not work at all. I mean... We don't have drawers now anymore, so we can kind of like, you know, put all our stuff in the drawer. So what happened to me is actually I never get rid of my moving box. So whenever we moved into <laughs> to another office, I just kept my moving box uh, because that's where I have all my stuff in. And I mean, for me, it's not an option. I mean, I want to have a plant. I want to feel at home at work. Otherwise, I just, yeah, don't feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. What you just mentioned earlier is kind of like the towel at the pool situation. Yes. Like... <laughs> Maybe it's, it's just a real German thing. <laughs> maybe it is. And, and I know that it does make sense in a few contexts where like people spend maybe two days per week in an office. Of yeah. course, you should not block a whole table for this person. They can exactly. rotate and that's fine. But for everyone else, just imagine you work in a different space every day. Yeah. The time it takes to, to adjust to this situation, to feel comfortable, to know what's going on, takes away a lot of energy already until you finally can start to work and yes, i think exactly. that is something a people a lot of people miss yeah that's true and i think especially this kind of feeling comfortable because i believe in order to be creative you really need to be comfortable i have the feeling like this needs to be a situation where you can like i always call it like be naked somehow if if you feel comfortable then then you can be truly creative And isn't that insane? Because I think initially those open work spaces were created in order to drive creativity. The problem is we actually created those open spaces so people would collaborate more. But then companies are giving people tasks, like, you know, individual tasks, solo tasks, but then put them into such an open work environment, which doesn't make sense. I mean, if you put people in those open environments, give them creative tasks so they can collaborate and really truly work agile, or you give them like individual tasks, but then like let them work from wherever they want. 
True that, yeah. How do you guys work then? Because, I mean, you're teaching companies how to work. How does a company work that teaches other companies how to work? So we work um, as a remote company, in fact. So people work can work from wherever they want, basically. We do have offices, uh, one in Hamburg and one in Berlin. But for us, an office is just another tool. So if I feel like for my kind of work, I need an office, I do have this tool at hand and I can go there and do my work there, which is, of course, necessary when I want to brainstorm with my colleagues, when um, we have meetings where we need to discuss things in person. But other than that, it's um, completely up to me if I feel like I can concentrate more at home I would do that of course um, yeah right now we are about 20 people all over Germany what else um, we for instance don't have fixed amount of holidays so which is also a concept where employees are or like where we are encouraged to take holidays whenever we feel like we need a holiday because um, the idea behind it is nobody of us works 100% if they are not relaxed, if they haven't taken time to recharge. Mm -hmm. So for some people it's more days, for others it's less. And sometimes one year you need more time, another year maybe you don't need that much time to, to recharge. Um, How does that work? I mean, I'm hearing about those concepts here and there. Do people take less vacation days or do they take more? I think studies show that people tend to take less holidays and of course you can get easily driven into that by taking on more um, workshops, more tasks, etc. And your calendar fills up and you're like, okay, when, when should I actually take mm -hmm. vacation? But what I really like in, in our company is that we do take care of each other when we feel yeah. like, okay, this person has been working now for a couple of months without a break. And I see this person is not really doing well. I tell him like to mm -hmm. take some time off. I cover for you. And I mean, this is also the thing you need to be able to cover for someone in order to also feel like, okay, I can go now and I know people take care of me. Yeah. And of course, we also work um, in a cloud environment. We work on the, on the G Suite. So all our information is shared transparently. I can access all kind of information that I need. So I don't even need to call my colleague and tell, mm -hmm. ask her like, where did you put this kind of information? No, no, no. She would tell me, okay, just search for it. It's available. So everyone is kind of like uh, encouraged to take care, to get their information for themselves. We also work a lot with Slack to communicate because since we are a remote company, we need, of course, other tools to keep up with the communication and for us it's slack as a very quick and convenient tool to stay in touch on everything that matters in this company we have different channels that are separated by topic or by client so we have um, channels only for our marketing team we have channels for our individual clients where we actually share all the relevant information we also do a lot of um, hangout meets so video conferencing same here we don't see each other every day so it's um, a very nice thing to stay in touch to see the other person from from time to time and what i also like is we send each other's video updates so video messages basically nice. whenever uh, somebody's coming back from a meeting for instance and they have some information they want to share but not 
type it all down yeah. and maybe nobody's really uh, reading it so we just record a little video of ourselves telling a little bit what was my impression of this meeting how did i feel like was it good was it bad what happened yeah and i can share so much more information by adding my personal touch to this instead of just writing it down and this is actually i think a really nice tool also to to share more than just the facts that's actually something i never heard before that companies would use i mean i use voice messages a lot these days but i've never heard it from companies that they're actually using like voice messages even video messages to to communicate with each other right and this is also something we share with our clients how cool is it when a boss shares a video message from yeah. time to time that is not a professional setup but he's just filming himself yeah. with his uh, with his smartphone telling hey guys this is going on right now just wanted to share with you this gives so much of a personal touch and yeah. people feel much more related to this yeah. person so um, yeah also something we we teach them actually how nice. to how to do nice video messages that's really really cool so if you would describe a typical work day of yours are there even typical work days well, <laughs> i don't know who in, in, in our kind of job, basically, I think nobody has a typical work yeah. day. But I think we have a typical, or I have a typical start into the day. So I always check first my calendar and my Asana board, where mm -hmm. we, which we use for our project management, where we have all our tasks. I check what is relevant for today. And we have a company-wide rule that before 9 o'clock, everyone shares what they're working on today. Before nine o'clock. Before nine o'clock. That's quite hard. <laughs> I do it from home, no worries. Okay. <laughs> yes, so before nine o'clock, everyone shares um, what they're doing today, which helps a lot um, for me to understand where is everyone today? What kind of topics are they working on? Is this maybe something where I can also contribute? So every day we do it. We know whatever, where persons are, what they're working on. Um, and then it could be from a full day workshop at a client to single training sessions or just being in the office doing regular project management mm -hmm. stuff. Um, for instance, today we, um, we had an internal brainstorming sessions to work on new products and new concepts, which was very nice, but yeah, no, no day is like the other. Yeah. But this, does it also mean you need to be like very self-organized? Indeed. Yes. I need to be I need to make sure that my tasks are being done. There is no one telling me this is what you need to do. Mm. I create the tasks for myself so I know what the goal is and I take every step that is necessary to go to get to this goal and there is nobody telling me this is the way to do it, which sounds maybe <laughs> at the moment a bit harsh, but um the thing is we also have a coaching principle in mm. our company so Whenever I feel like I know something very well, I'm going to share it with everyone. Or if I feel like I need coaching, I can actively request it. For instance, the other day I was asked to hold a keynote and it was quite a sensitive context where I knew I had to get the message across really, really well. So I talk, I was a bit scared about this and this responsibility. So I talked to Christoph, who is doing keynotes several times per week. And I told him, Christoph, I need a coaching for this. And he was like, no problem. Come here. For me, it's easier if you come to Hamburg, take the train, come here, we sit together and I'll teach you. 
and it was super super helpful for me um the keynote went really really well nice with a nice discussion afterwards um so yeah that's also part of what we call our dna we actually set up a whole document about what makes us special as a company we described several categories it's called the 6k each k <laughs> fits to us very well. yes uh, every k um, stands for one topic um, for instance one is being competent so in german of course so competence means everyone should be able to always feel comfortable with what we do mm -hmm. if you need training for this let us know and there's no discussion that you get this training another one is um, of course communication so we have actually very very strict rules for communications uh, we're, as, as free as we are and flexible we have very strict rules because i honestly believe this freedom is not possible if we wouldn't have very strict rules mm -hmm. and we all um, take care that we follow these rules for instance which tool or which channel do we use for what type of information we want to share um, as i mentioned earlier asana is our project management tool so all our to-dos and tasks are shared there if somebody is sending me a to-do on slack i'm not going to do it because if we start sending to-dos over slack yeah. it will get super messed up at one point so we really need make sure that every information stays in the channel where it belongs yeah um, also something we have an emergency rule um, to call somebody two times in a row um, so that means even if i'm in a workshop and i see somebody is calling me two times in a row i know there is something really urgently happened and i'm going to stop this workshop and i go out call this person back ask okay what's going on can i help right now and then go back into the workshop so what do you actually, what kind of background do you need to have to become a new work or cloud advisor? Well, I guess there is not really an, really an education for this. I can only share where I'm coming from. I had certainly for two years this private interest into everything new work and what is happening in this, in this work environment. And I was listening to a lot of podcasts reading a lot but also going to a lot of events and networking and trying to connect with people just to get a better understanding of what this all means it's not only an hr topic it's very much also a tech topic mm -hmm. right now we are looking more and more into this artificial intelligence in the workspace so what does it mean uh, people are super afraid that robots will take over the jobs which most likely will not be the case. Yeah. People will get a lot of relief by processes being automated. Um, so there are lots of super interesting developments in this field. Also regarding moving away from this old hierarchy system towards a system of where people are more equal and yeah. coach each other instead of telling each other what to do. Um, so basically it came from a very private interest where I try to gain as much insight as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I can remember like when you told me that you found this new job and you told me the whole the whole story, like how in, in the end ended up at, at Blackboard. Maybe you, you want to tell it yourself. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, also probably not quite uh, standard and linear. Yeah. I was at this point, I was working in this big 
corporation and um, it used to be a startup in Berlin and eventually went to become a unit of this corporation. So that meant a lot of processes were introduced that were coming from the industrial production, but mm -hmm. we were like a tech startup. So you can imagine yeah, the there were a lot of clashes clash of cultures and <laughs> my task of leading this team became to be all about documenting a lot of stuff in Excel sheets where mm -hmm. it was like, I don't know, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> And That's why I worked in the tech world for quite a few years that I end up like typing things into actual sheets. Yeah. <laughs> so this is when I started to feel like, okay, maybe, I don't know if this is the right environment for me, but I was still kind of looking forward as this corporation was creating a new digital unit. So I was like, okay, probably that's a good good way to go because they're going to set up everything new. They're gonna introduce new principles new ways of working it's going to be pretty exciting so i was quite hopeful then at the same time i was i went to web summit which was one year ago actually in november in lisbon and met all these cool companies there and i had this crazy revel uh, realization there that um everyone working there at web summit or attending this conference was way ahead of me and that I could not follow up anymore. And this quite shocked me because I felt like I was always part of this, this group of people who would experiment with new tools, with ideas, being very innovative. And I realized that my current job had kind of taken that away from me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, okay, this is quite a strange development. I'm losing connection to these people. And I'm afraid if I lose this even more, yeah, I'm going to lose track completely, <laughs> which <laughs> sounds probably very tough, but I, I had this very, very strong um, realization. But then at the same time, I still thought, okay, well, let's see, this corporation is going to create this digital unit. Um, things will be differently. One of the first things they did they w was to announce the management board of this new digital unit and It was, I think, eight or nine people, just one of them being a woman. So I actually asked the director of this whole unit why there was only one woman. And his only answer was, well, uh, <laughs> HR is also led by a woman. <laughs> and was like, of course, the HR and maybe the marketing teams. Maybe there are some ladies in the marketing team left. <laughs> yeah, where I felt like, oh, wow, this is a missed chance here and also everyone in the management board was from inside this corporation so they didn't even hire somebody from external who could mm -hmm. like introduce a new input so for me it became very clear clear at this moment it's probably not going to change it's the same people it's the same structure it will take years until they are in a state where i feel comfortable to work so for me it was um, at this point to say The way I want to work and I want to move ahead is probably not going to be in this environment. So I'm going to look a little bit outside and, and, and see what else is happening. And as I told you, I was listening to, to Christoph's podcast at this time on the way to new work. And I was kind of looking up. So what is this guy actually doing if he's not yeah. podcasting? And found out he has um, consultancy behind this. And I was like, oh, this sounds super interesting. And he had a very clear tech focus in, uh -huh. in this case. It was not just like 
HR consulting, but really with a strong tech focus. So I found this very interesting. I checked the website, checked what they did, and eventually found out that uh, one of the guys working there was a former university mate of mine. And oh, really? Yeah. That I had kind of lost contact with. So I, I called him up and told him, look, Niels, I think we should meet for lunch. Yeah. And we had a very nice talk. And uh, eventually I met another colleague. I met Christoph personally. We had so many nice discussions, just like also challenging yeah. each other's points of views. It was not like a clear job interview yes. situation, but more like, what do you think about this? Oh, this is such a great topic. Yes, nice. that's what I think. And then it was very click, quickly clear that this could, could be a very nice match yeah. um, for them to, like I could bring in a lot of client experience, um, how to work with clients in in the tech industry with quite new topics um, and for them I was super excited um, how to, how they worked um, and what they had created until this time and yeah so um, we were pretty easily uh, then starting out together nice yeah so after um, after you just told about the management board there was only one woman I have to say it's episode number five and you're my first woman in my podcast yes <laughs> So I'm really like even extra happy that you're now with me. And uh, yeah, what I liked about uh, the story very much is um, that you've realized, hey, there's something missing in my current work situation. But then you find you found other ways how you would stay on top and um, just figured out, hey, I'm interested in something and try to get your information through new channels such as podcasts for example and in the end this led you to the next job and I think the second thing that you did is also something which I think is like really really important where I can especially see younger women not being brave enough is if you're like interested in something just google it like who is working there like even if you know the people or not just write them on LinkedIn I mean that's what I basically now do with my podcast. So I also believe, hey, there's like a problem that I see out there. So that's why I'm talking, like I'm actually making my research public by <laughs> launching this podcast. But I mean, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, I think there are people which could be interesting for the podcast and I would just write them on LinkedIn. And most of them I actually do not know. And interestingly, it doesn't matter if these are like founders, managing directors, whatsoever. Like people are so open and would actually, um, yeah, would get back to you. Once in a while, like I also received LinkedIn requests from from younger people. They were just saying, hey, um, I see you're an experienced person in the product world. C can you just give me um, some advice what I can do in order to end up in product management? And I also usually offer them, hey, just come over for lunch. Then we spend an hour, one or two hours together and I just give you all the, the advice I have. So, yeah, I think that was uh, a really, for me, a really good story. Also how job search can go in a very alternative way. But on the other side, it also um, yeah inspired me in the end to, to, to launch the podcast as well. Yeah, and it's uh, it's beautiful what you said that people are asking you on LinkedIn for advice and you're so happy to share. And I also see this a lot now that, you know, there is not this glass wall anymore that people that are in a top position are not, a, not easy to access in that mm -hmm. sense or not easy to contact. You can write to everyone on LinkedIn super easy and I, I'm, I'm totally with you I mean in my case of course I knew one person there but it wouldn't have stopped me from also contacting Christoph 
directly and telling them exactly Look, i like really what you do and i could probably offer this and this and experience yeah. do you think uh, we can have lunch together and chat a little bit of how we could maybe exchange point of views just or ideas yeah. or maybe eventually a collaboration exactly and definitely i in, i would encourage everyone to do it and maybe not just try once but twice or three times exactly. and just just stay with it and also like one of my colleagues um he also found out about our work through the podcast and was also in a similar way interested in collaborating um and helping other companies with get with getting to this new work point um and he sent a video message to Christoph. Oh, nice. Telling him a little bit about himself. Look, and this and this. And I think um, it would be fun to work together. And I can offer you this and that. Christoph was completely amazed. And <laughs> I think they talked the next day. And he is also now working with us. So, yeah. I think people should just uh, dare to do it. Nice. So I would assume your daily life has probably changed quite a lot since you started your job at Blackboard. And I also believe that you have a lot of more freedom and flexibility that you said. What did that mean for your work-life balance? Mm -hmm. um, well, first of all, I'm not too much of a fan of the work-life balance. Um, for me, work is part of my life and it should not be like a balance, but it's one unit for me but of course my life has changed a lot um, with this flexibility now um, for instance last week I spent the week with my family in the south of Germany but was still working full-time like I all I needed was my laptop of course I'm in a quite comfortable position that I only need my laptop to work um, but then again most of the people working at computers don't need much more than a computer yeah true so definitely that offers a lot of flexibility um but moreover it's um also this trust that i can just do it i don't need to ask anyone for permission they trust me that i can still do my job in the way i mm -hmm. do it and uh, there is no need to ask can i take a home office day yeah can i work from here or there um or to say look, the only time I got the hairdresser appointment was at three in the afternoon. I'm sorry, guys, I need to take two hours off. <laughs> but afterwards, I'm back. Yeah. yeah, if you have topics, I mean, these two hours, it's a bit complicated, but there are a lot of hours in the rest of the day. Yes. If you have something, let me know beforehand or I take care of it afterwards. Yeah. It's all about like this expectation management. Yeah. Just be open and tell people what is going on and... You know then they can deal with it exactly one of the our top guidelines which i like a lot is actually freedom but it comes with a little extra it's freedom without hurting the freedom of somebody else and i think this tells a lot about how we work because we um we take a lot of care of each other and we make sure um, everyone feels respected and nobody is just doing his own thing um, on the back of somebody else. So I can take as much freedom as I want to, but at the same time, I need to make sure nobody else's freedom is hurt by this mm -hmm. in that sense. And um, yeah, I think that's a, it's a very good principle to live by and not just like a, 
uh, follow your dreams and just do it stuff, which is very egocentric in that yeah. sense because you only focus on yourself and what you want to do, mm-hmm. but forget a little bit of the people in your um, in your environment. Yeah, I mean, I guess in general, when we talk about, you know, this flexibility and freedom, like, I mean, I guess everyone wants to have freedom and flexibility. So I think you have now the perfect or direct comparison between having a 40 hours work week with let's say strict rules but then also maybe your 25 or 30 days of vacation and now you have like the complete flexibility where it's maybe not the 40 hours work week but rather work maybe on impact based and vacation when you really need it maybe your work week just looks differently that you don't need this vacation or just there's not even this concept of vacation and work anymore so um is this working life now as you have imagined it before and would you say like your dream came true or how would you describe it yeah i think i was just smiling a lot because you're absolutely right it's like 360 degrees uh, turnaround different story now and uh yeah which kind of reflects the way i used to go about things <laughs> before as well just just uh, diving into this new adventure um but of course it was something i was um striving towards it was something i wanted to have because i'm very much a person who um likes to travel who likes to visit friends and family and i knew for me it would be the best to be as flexible as possible i also um am a big believer in um doing things on the side, little side projects. Um, and this job now offers me the possibility to actually follow through on other things in my free time or I can just shift around in my days so I can make room for little projects I want to do at the side. And um, for me, it's um, yeah, it's it's a perfect setup. And I know that it, it can change all the time, but for me, it's fine. I'm a person who is really open to change, very flexible. Um, for me, it would be much more difficult to stay in a really set up, fixed um, environment and workday. So yeah, definitely this is my preferred way of working. So does that mean the next week you could fly to Thailand and work from there at the beach? Yes, I could. If I don't have workshops in Germany, uh, which would otherwise cause a lot of travel time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. But does it, uh, for example, mean that um, those workshops where I need to be present come in very spontaneously, for example? Yes, they, it depends. Some of them do. Um, some of them are scheduled way ahead. Um, but yeah, it's true that um, there is a lot of more spontaneity in mm-hmm. um, my work life now. Um, planning long term has become a little bit difficult, I have to say. So if you ask me about what are maybe things that are not uh, as optimal or maybe a bit of a downside it's certainly um yeah i needed to adjust to this situation that probably next week i have three different workshops that i don't know yet of and i need to make sure i get there and it will fit into the rest of my plans um so yeah definitely it uh, it takes a lot of self-organization being open to this, being flexible, adjusting to new situations. Mm -hmm. So when we speak about adjusting to situations, I mean, we, you already mentioned uh, your non-linear career uh, earlier, 
Would you consider this being a good or a bad thing? I used to consider it a bad thing, actually, because society kind of tells you, uh -huh. I think, um, that you should have a very clear, focused career. And I saw a lot of people, for instance, you are an expert in your field and always focused your whole career on this. And I was kind of like, in a sense, jealous because I never had this, um, I said, okay, early on in my career, I knew exactly that this is the thing I want to do for the rest of my life. So I always felt like I need to justify myself that I took over different tasks and different positions. And I only learned recently that it's actually my strengths. Uh, because we did in, in our company with the Gallup Strength Finder test. Um, and did that as well. It's super useful. I also actually want to do a podcast episode about that. Please do so. I, um, I'm still talking to everyone about yeah. it. Uh, I'm, I'm super amazed by the results because they basically showed that um, one of my key strengths is learning new things and looking into the future and what else can I do there. Being very strategic um, always wanting to try new things. Mm -hmm. So it, finally, it made sense that when I was finally settled in a job or in a position, I didn't feel challenged anymore. Yeah. And I wanted to try something new. And for me, it was never a risk or a bad thing to try something totally different. For me, it was always like, nice, new adventure. I'm going to learn something totally new and it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. So, uh, as you said, you're the first woman in my podcast. Of course, we need to talk about women and career. <laughs> Did you have the feeling um, in your career, which was obviously very nonlinear, that you had to prove yourself like differently? Absolutely. I think always, especially when I just started out, I needed to prove myself a lot more because... Um, I was just not taken seriously, which stressed me out a lot mm -hmm. because I think I was quite good, but um, the reaction I received was always like, oh, she the intern or what? Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I think I always had to do a little bit more than also moving into the tech industry where um, in at one job, I was the only woman in a 20 man tech mm -hmm. product team where I had to convince a lot of people that I'm good in my job because they were like, okay, there is a woman now. She's younger than us and she's telling us what we need to do. Yeah. You can imagine that was uh, a lot of convincing and a lot of being super professional, a lot of listening to them. And um, I think I have a, a male friend of mine who has a very, very similar background to mine, whose career was an easygoing thing and it's always fun to challenge myself with him mm -hmm. because we have such a similar background to see where he is where i am um, what it means in terms of money of course um so i feel like yes as a woman you have to do a lot more to prove yourself and to be taken seriously um i also have the feeling that in those more conservative historic companies it's a lot harder mm -hmm. than if you go into a smaller company that is a bit younger and can generally has a different spirit but even there um, some stereotypes still exist definitely um, and also I have to say I always enjoyed 
tremendously working with my female bosses because I felt there was a totally different spirit, a totally different appreciation. Um, so those were always fantastic mentors for me. What was your strategy so far, you know, to being accepted or not proving yourself or to mitigate it somehow? Well, eventually I learned to relax about it and to just accept and just kind of leave the stage to them. If they need the stage, okay, whatever, have it. <laughs> I mean, um, I can still get my point across, but I don't need to push as hard to be seen and to be taken seriously. If they don't want to, it's not my problem. Honestly, yeah. it's their problem. Yeah. So right now I'm just much more relaxed about it and don't take it personally. It's their kind of perception. It's how they used to work for many, many years. There's nothing I can change about it in maybe one meeting. Yeah, that's true. I think that's an awesome attitude actually. And um, so if you talk about like younger women now, if you have to give an advice to younger women, if you look back into your career, what advice would you give them? Oh, that's a, a, a tough one. I think um, always be open to learn something new. Um, and this does not only mean inside your job, but just, but also look outside your job. Go to events, go to networking, um, events, um, meet other people, read a lot, um, listen to podcasts, get your information from whichever medium suits you best. But um, I think the best thing is, even, especially when you start out, is just to learn and to absorb information so you can actually form your own picture and um, not be influenced from certain people. Um, and I also think that makes you quite independent and I think people should also take risks and also be not dependent on maybe big investments like buying a house or, or unsupportive relationship that keeps them from, ta from taking a certain step. True, yeah. So I would encourage young women to really stand up for themselves and just do their thing. Yeah. Learn and listen and then take a risk as well. Yeah. And I mean, you as a new work consultant, what advice do you give people which are stuck in their job situations today? Maybe a quite similar one. Just go out and, and talk with people. Um, find something that inspires you. And sometimes it could be something totally off topic. But the moment you engage with people, some magical situations happen and things can lead from one place to the other and I think if you are just really open to that um, I think that's the first step to go out and to network to learn about what is going on find a little bit your your passion projects what really interests you try to um, really deep dig deep into this topic and also then find people in this certain topic or in this field um, that could potentially help you moving forward in your career in this direction. So uh, what we talked about earlier, track down people and just contact them. Just yeah. send them a message on LinkedIn. Um, if they are speaking at an event, go there afterwards and hey, I really appreciated your, your talk and I have so many questions. Are you available for a little chat? And I think 
nobody ever said no. Yeah. So um, it's a lot about, I think, self-initiative. Just don't wait for it to happen, but take the initiative and go out there and find what really um, triggers some passion for you. Mm. All right. Then we're already at our last question. And I have one question that I actually ask everyone that I interview. Um, so if you would have the superpower to change anything in the job world in terms of employment, what would you change? Hmm. Um, I'm a big believer in diversity. Um, I could imagine if the management boards of all the companies would be more diverse, our whole employment situation would look totally different, the way we work together. Um, and with diversity, I not only mean bringing more women into this position, but also people from different cultural backgrounds. Um, because I think um, one theory why we had um, the financial crisis 10 years ago was because people working in this industry were all the same. It was just one group of standard people and they didn't allow for any other point of view for any other strategy in this bubble because they had just their okay you look like me I'm going to hire you attitude so I think um, diversity actually brings a lot of companies and a lot of ideas and a lot of projects extremely forward because you allow a lot of options that you don't know yourself mm -hmm. so diversity I think will eventually move us a lot forward All right, these were very nice last words. Um, if people would get uh, like to get in contact with you, how can they reach you? Right, of course, you can still send me emails. Um, Katharina at blackboat.com. I'm on LinkedIn, on Xing, so you can find me there as well. All right, thank you very much, Katharina. Thank you.